what is up my little devils i feel like i might start doing some intros in the future that keeps you guys posted a little more in my personal life just to feel super connected and to overshare more than i already do um but i am excited to officially announce that my stand-up tour house broken has begun go to hannahburner.com for tickets i'm going to philly richmond indianapolis west nyack texas kansas city new jersey buffalo nashville irvine raleigh and maryland so if you are in one of those cities i will find you um so get your tickets at hannahburn.com and today we have such a fun episode with wheezy wtf who's a self-proclaimed hoe enjoy my funny fish name was free spirit 407 and i remember people were like girl just say just say you a hoe (laughs) horror With a capital W. Free vagina for us. <laughs> Welcome to Burning Okay, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Burning in Hell. We are in a sex torture dungeon chamber today. I am with <laughs> sex educator, comedian, entrepreneur, producer the list keeps going also tv star oh wtf what's under a star not a planet wait (laughs) i don't do science me neither (laughs) i'm like a cloud yeah you're like in astrology somewhere episode two yeah (laughs) so you have sex cells on fuse you're the host of horrible decisions you also have another pod Mm -hmm. for fact's sake my co-host loves you (gasps) you doing it with hannah burner dude yeah tell him i love him really I don't. I feel like I've watched your shit, and I thought it was really funny. I love for fact's sake. It's a show like obviously horrible. Horrible has been around for a long time. It's why people know me. But um, for fact's sake, we just take a different topic every week and do facts about it. Yeah, just Google it. Yeah, because you can't restrict your creativity to just fucking. You have to put it in other ways. Which, by the way, <laughs> that is my favorite thing. To do. <laughs> like I'm just really good at it. Are you talking about sex or talking shit? Sex. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's my, when I'm sorry, I feel like all I could do is offer you sex. Like, I mean, I'm now I'm a good cook after quarantine, but like pussy is, that's what I know. I'm dirty. And I feel like burning in hell, we get into like sob stories and like it's beautiful and we cry, but we don't talk about fucking enough. Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy to have you on. And I was reading about sex cells because it's, it's kind of a big deal to be chosen from just like talking shit into your own podcast to a network television show. Dude, I know. Like, if the show was bad, I, every podcaster, at least every black podcaster, would be fucked. Because, like, well, they ain't going to give a shit now. Look at what Weezy did. Oh, no. Do you feel pressure like you're representing, like, black podcasters as a whole? Do I feel pressure? Yeah, please explain that mindset. Time. <laughs> like, for one, when people give you a chance to do something, yeah. black podcasters had a show. Shout out to the Reed. They're pioneers of big podcasters ever. They mm-hmm. had a show on Fuse and Jesus and Meryl. Yep. Those are the black podcasters that got TV shows. But no women. I mean, Crystal's a woman, but like it, not alone. Mm-hmm. And this is the first business show ever hosted by a black girl on cable TV. Like it was a lot of pressure, bro. Like it was a lot. There was one day where I thought about like flat ironing my hair to do a ponytail. And I was like, okay, <laughs> keep it in the brain. <laughs> keep up a lot. Do you feel like you've had a good support system to keep? Because like you have to, you don't have someone to look as like a role model for this. That's not true. Tell me. Chelsea Handler's my role model. Oh my God, Chelsea Handler's my role I just want to be the black Chelsea. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. I'm going to cry because Chelsea lately, her shitting on her guests and having that confidence and just freedom 
on a cable network was unheard of. And it's like when you're, this is fucked up to say, we're hot, but we're not like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying you ugly. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? No, I would say I have reverse bias morphia. Like I think I'm way hotter than I am. No, you're the, you're there. You're in, you're that. That's it. <laughs> no, but like I know what I am, but I believe I'm hotter. I almost shaved today. <laughs> I mean, someone married. I mean, put a ring on it. Yeah. So like it's. I mean, you don't know how he looks. He might be ugly as shit. But no, he's cute. I saw. Oh, thank him. you, baby. Well, I like dating guys who are hotter than me to make me again feel hotter than I really am. Like no, I you guys. No, you guys are a hot couple. When I mean, I, I found him, like a gorgeous man who's old. Like, who's old now? He is cute. You find him like a I'm little just a off hater. his game. Like when people get engaged, I'd be like, he probably ugly. <laughs> <laughs> or if they're hot, I always assume they're broke. Always. It just makes me feel good about my own. Well, I'm not saying it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, my dude, I, he has arthritis. Like he's old as shit, but there's so many beautiful parts of him. I feel like he wouldn't be who he is today. Like if I met him in his thirties when he was his prime time, yeah. like that wouldn't worked out. He has his, arthritis in what? I joke. He's just old. Oh, like he goes to sleep at <laughs> How like, old is he? 45. That's not a girl in his 40 30. Thank you. They're like, they're, first of all, Ugh. they used to party and now it's like, they even if they were a hoe back in the day, it lessened up. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not fully into Instagram. No, like they've seen so many tits, they don't give a shit. I know. And there's a beautiful wiseness about them where you like actually respect their mind, how it works. Mm. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still They're still men. men. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was looking to sex sales, backtracking. Um, and obviously horrible decisions is like one of the rawest raciest pods out there which is incredible but then you're going on cable tv and what i love about it and what, what reminds me about burning in hell is that they basically said that you're talking to celebrities not only about like the sex industry but also like their own like kind of sexual problems so basically i don't know who wrote that but <laughs> <laughs> i'm just pulling the shit from google for real yeah Oh, well, maybe they wanted to make it sound more salacious. It is nasty. While also helping solve the sexual issues of a celebrity guest, whether they know they have them or not. Kind of. So yeah. basically, the show is a finance show, right? Like, it's showing you entrepreneurs that make money from sex yeah. without having it. Yeah. And so whatever the business is that they do, if it's a celebrity guest or a friend or whatever, I do it with them. So for example, um, we have Donnell Rawlings on an episode. I love him. Mm -hmm. And we go to a dungeon and a guy I know literally makes money from tying women up. That's his job. <laughs> he ties them up for like therapy, healing, for kink, for everything, but he doesn't fuck them because he makes money from sex without having it. So Donnell comes down to the dungeon with me. He ties me up. He learns how to do it too. And his fire, like everything that we do together, we're like learning about this business. But why I love it is because like, there's this thing called whorephobia. Have you ever heard of it? No. There's like a whole hierarchy, right? So I remember Cardi B said once like, oh, I was a stripper hoe, but I never sold pussy. But it's like, okay, bitch, but like it's still hoe shit. Like mm -hmm. we all do that. When I had a sugar daddy, I was like, yeah, but I have a sugar daddy. It's not like I'm fucking for money. I have an allowance. Yeah, like, like an allowance is different then. You still sell Because <laughs> at the end of the day, I didn't want just food. You know what I mean? I want bags. Like I need the shit. I know I got to fucking suck your old ass dick. We're getting so much information here. Everyone take your notepad out. So that's true. So the whorephobia. It's basically thinking that you're not as much of a hoe as that person, but you are. Oh. And within this show, I believe people have thought sex work was down here. And basically all these entrepreneurs teach you things about business that could apply to any of them. Mm -hmm. So like one of the twerking classes I had on there, right? 
she was talking about SEO. You know what that is? Search mm -hmm. engine optimization. Mm -hmm. So for anybody that owns a business, this is the best shit I've heard. So I was like, how do you make sure that your twerk class pops up first? She's like, when you save a photo on a website, most of us save it as like pick zero one. Yep. I save it as twerk class, twerk class NYC, twerk class cheap, twerk class Brooklyn. She's like, so that it's popping up in Google images and like my shit's always first. That was one of the smartest things I've heard. Yeah. Now, somebody that has any other kind of business can use that advice. And that was the point. Like, I have learned so much from doing horrible because I was the same girl when I did horrible. Mm -hmm. We would have certain women on and I was like, mm. She's but they're business women and people are not giving these sex workers enough credit. And that's what the purpose of it was. The first time I heard my friend had an OnlyFans. I mean, she's like friend, but not really. Like she's in, in the comedy scene. And I kind—I'm not gonna lie—I was like joking with one of my other fr guy friends about it. Like, do you see she's a OnlyFans? Oh, holy shit! And then I saw she was making eight grand a month, and I was like, respect. Should I wax now? Respect. <laughs> respect. Seriously. And because also everyone can look down on what other people are doing, but like they're not paying your bills. But I'm fascinated also by you bringing celebrities on. I love putting people. You warm them up, you butter them up, and then you put them in these uncomfortable positions. Dude, Charlemagne this week was holding a pillow on this couch. We were in my studio. He was holding a pillow because he was like, Yo, I don't know why I'm here. Did you watch it, Jordan? It's so bad. I'm not even kidding. He was holding the pillow in the like, only. He wants some milk and a little hot milk and a little. Like, <laughs> he was like, I don't know. It's just about feet. The episode was called Only Feet. And she comes in. He was sitting there like this. I'm like, I've never seen Charlemagne that uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. He makes everybody else uncomfortable. Yeah. But she's sitting here like, okay. And so, and she's telling us like the colors that she has to make her toes, like mm -hmm. what she has to do, the way she has to take the picture. Mm -hmm. Now she capitalizes into calendars, making different streams of income from the feet. <gasps> This, this like, makes me so happy that you're normalizing this too because you put my feet in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just mine did. Let's let's get him up there. But this is for Patreon only. For okay. people to see that shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't have <laughs> But also, how many sex dungeons do you feel like there are in New York City? Let's see. You've got Pandora's box, then there's Donatella's Den, then there's like two unnamed ones. Um, there's a black owned one I've never been to, mm -hmm. but I was like selling so much when I'm hashtag her. black owned business. Yeah. Right. I was like, yo, you should come on the show. She's like, oh girl, I'm not trying to go to jail. <laughs> but here's the funny thing I learned about sex dungeons while doing sex cells. Mm -hmm. No, they're not legal. If they're a sex dungeon, they are all in the business sector of acting studios. Oh, because it's like performative. Yeah. So basically, if you're going to a sex dungeon, you're role playing. It's not really. Dude, that shit was wild to me. But it's crazy. I really want to know in a couple more years. It might take a long time. But like my fiance lived in China for a bit. And like rub and tugs are just very normal. It's it's a relief. Very accepted. But then also you're thinking selfishly as a woman. You're like, why can't we have that same access? I think that we're just scared to pay for it. Mm. I am. I've, I mean, I paid for sex before with women, mm -hmm. never from a guy. But like when I mentioned paying it from, from, for a guy, even my co-host, I'm horrible. She's like, I would never pay for dick. You're insane. And I was like, bro, like I would pay for quality dick. That's what I'm saying. Because we could get below average dick anywhere. Thank you. When you go to a good restaurant, you know the food's going to be good. And mm -hmm. that's why you pay more money. Yes. Like you can find a hot guy at a bar. Most of the time, not great sex because they're hot and they've never had to. Right. <laughs> so I want a professional who like would know how to make you squirt or like who if you know. If you got a website and a Stripe and a <laughs> PayPal, let me get that dick because I know 
that's gotta be good. Somebody, if you, I'm serious. If the shit, if you paying taxes on the dick, I want it. I love talking to you because I feel like I would talk to guys a lot. I'd be like, what are rub and tugs like? Like I would just hear the stories, but it was always from men. I'd be like, how much do you masturbate? Because like they were living this like free sexual life that I didn't feel like I could or like my friends were. Even a dude was telling me I went to a rub and tug and he's like, she put a finger in my butthole and kept making me almost orgasm and stopping and then keep going. He was like, it was full art what she did to me. And he said it was the best orgasm he's ever had in his life. And she's just like an older woman who's very good at what she does. Do you remember Sex in the City when that old woman was jerking him off? <laughs> That's what you just made me think of. Because... People that are into that, like tantric and Kama Sutra type mm. shit, and know your body in certain ways, like I learned how to give a hand job to make someone come. Mm -hmm. Now I just do it when I'm tired of like second date. Mm -hmm. They don't even notice. That was actually the biggest hum humble brag I've ever heard in this podcast because I don't know how to give a hand job. <laughs> dude, it's not a job. Like, I I mean, it's it's a job. Seriously. And your arms, like, dude, <laughs> this is work. Like, I take hit classes, but. <laughs> So like that's what I'm saying though when you learn how to do that it's pressure points it's how you're twisting your hand mm -hmm. like I don't believe when people are like oh yeah I suck dick the best and da 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 it is truly you learning your mouth suction your hands at different pressure points mm -hmm. not everybody has the same one also gripping like um it's a lot mm -hmm. but when the hand job like got better everybody thought I sucked their dick better and I was literally oh. using less mouth damn I hope <laughs> <laughs> You got a white audience. <laughs> Wait, so can you give us any hand tips in terms of like the twist thing? I mean, it's hard to like, I'm always afraid it's going to be like, what is it called? Like a, a burn. So, right. No, no, no. I know what you mean. Like you don't want to like wring out a towel. Yeah. So my best tip that I've learned is you need to, when you're tired of sucking dick or when your mouth is getting exhausted, you need to be tracing your mouth with your finger and that will always help when you're getting tired also like they'll never feel like your mouth really leaves so let's say you're sucking dick and you're like uh, what's she's using the microphone very well right now <laughs> I, mean, I just have my mouth she's like, done this before <laughs> Duh, bitch, it's my brand. this is my literal job sucking dick is my brand <laughs> so you have to grip the dick in a way where i guess you put your finger finger like if you're just listening to this like an okay mm -hmm. and you put it over your mouth and you're basically using that when you come up Okay. So yes, you're doing basket weaving. Mm -hmm. By the way, people act like they didn't came up with this shit. Like I hate when someone acts like that's their move, bro. I've been seeing it on Pornhub where people act like they've been doing. Girl, <laughs> Superhead came up with it. Know your- Hey, Gen Z. People have been licking assholes since the beginning of time. Calm down. Thank you. <laughs> now, in modern day history, Black History Month may have passed, but Juneteenth is coming. <laughs> there is a woman named Corinne Steffens, AKA Superhead. And I don't know how old you guys are who are listening, but Superhead came out with a video that the time really taught us the basket weave and there's another thing about is this a porn video yeah it was was it a sex tape or was it real porn i don't know you don't know producer what? doesn't know how old are you jordan jordan i'm 23 you're 23 jordan okay <laughs> no it's really the age i think because yeah. superhead is really from back then yeah but when she came up with this everybody watched how sloppy it was and the way she was gripping it mm -hmm. and then people started talking about that basking weaving technique and the thing about when you're doing that like when you're watching it you have to grip it hard 
because when the blood is rushing, it makes them harder and they could feel it more and it's way better. Plus, when there's spit around, they may not feel your hands as much and your fingers as much because it could be too sloppy. You still need friction. But the main thing, though, is doing the ring finger thing mm-hmm. when your lips are coming off of the dick. So they're still feeling something there. Yeah, because it's sensitive mouth, up there. Yeah, even if your mouth... Leaves. I love this because my excuse was like, how am I ever going to do it better than him? But like, he can't pull all that shit off. I can do what better than him? Suck dick? No, hand jobs. Oh, right. And also, men aren't doing those techniques, so you can probably do it better than him, right? Because yeah. they're just like trying to hurry it up. He's not about like, to do like the two hand, like get the lubrication. Like he can't pull. That I love shit watching off. guys jerk off. I'm fascinated by it because I'm like, oh my god, this is what you do forever. Like your hand and your dick, they've been together for years now. <laughs> this is, this really is your first relationship. <laughs> Yo, I used to fuck this really hot, dirty, like Williamsburg, like German guy. Oh my god, he was so fucking hot. <laughs> he used to always send me these videos of him fucking a sex toy, like a sleeve. And it was so hot. He loved doing it. He would stand up and just basically like jerk it off. And when I watched how he would do it with the sex toy, he was always turning his own hand. But if he was jerking off his own dick, it was just plain and normal. I was like, look at you learning stuff. Wow. Yeah, men need to be using sex toys more. I don't know why they don't. Yeah. And I feel like it's there's men are scared of sex toys and i'm always like don't be scared of no one's replacing you with a sex toy like just you have a get a personality if you don't have your personality men are scared of sex toys because of how much i think okay this how much pleasure it brings women i don't think this sounds as sexually liberating for women and it may be against what i should be saying but here's the truth i do think that we lean on it way too much that we don't we haven't even learned our own bodies anymore true um I'll try to use my fingers and my hands as much as I can so I can not be in touch with yourself. Yeah, like sometimes we could desensitize our pussy a little. When I use a vibrator too oh, much, for sure. it takes me longer to come. Mm-hmm. And I also think we don't know how to make ourselves come if we're just using the vibrator. So it's hard. You can to abuse have- your own clitoris, and your clitoris, it's like I'm done tapping out. Have you seen those memes where the clit's like <laughs> yeah, got a few hairs left? <laughs> <laughs> but I do, yeah, I think it's right to every now and then go old school just have your hand and remember what they used to do back in the day i've been coming off of thoughts lately oh my god at first it was whack but now it's like you're like my own creativity has been making me come dude it's just like daydreaming when's the last time you daydream we gotta do shit like this This is like a new form of sexual meditation i'm serious i just think of like guys i fucked or like guys i wish i fucked yeah shout out to that podcast but (laughs) (laughs) god like or, or even women, right? Like I think about just sexual, ten- se- sexually tense situations. Yeah, I, but I also think if you can make yourself come with thoughts, then like during real sex, you can then use those thoughts in it to and kind of enhance. Them. Yes. yes. <laughs> I literally said when I was sucking dick, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to um, fuck myself thinking about this later." And he was like, "This girl's so nasty." It was my first time sucking his dick, but I was really drunk. Yeah. So I always blame it on that. I'm like, oh, I'm almost like, so when I get drunk, I'm so crazy. (laughs) He's like, you had two sips of wine. (laughs) Like, yeah, when I Googled you, it said whore right on the top. We have so many amazing sexual educating opportunities here right now with Wheezy, and I want to take advantage of as much as I can. Do you have any booty licking advice for me? Um, only that it has to be consensual. I don't even like my ass licked when someone doesn't tell me. I'm like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no it's true i don't mean that like i didn't watch it I mean, no I but you want to feel hot and sexy and not be paranoid that like they don't like what they're getting down there i know it's it's a very i'm an avid farter in front of your man girl i holding it in makes me uncomfortable and i want to be my full self 
Yeah. How long have you been farting in front of him? How do you get to that point? How long have you dated him? Then when did the farts start? Great question. So I have respect for the guy, so I'll try to not. But once I break the seal, which is normally an accident, like I laugh too hard. I've, I've, I've like laughed too hard and I fart for the first time. And at first I think it, it's cute, like it was a mistake because you have to pretend like, oh my God, I never do that. But then once he's, I just don't like the, the dichotomy of, well, like he's farting and I'm not allowed to. I don't like that kind of imbalance. Oh. But the problem is, is like he'll have loud ass farts, but I have like very deadly farts because I'm definitely lactose intolerant and all I do is eat like cheese all the time ah so like we'll get strapped into fights you know how the farts smell like that it's like the shit's right there and it just blows <laughs> yeah. that's really it i don't know if people know that so you're telling me i just have to shit more yeah i have ibs <laughs> so i'm always shitting i think i do too you shit like two three times a day girl i could do like little shits all day <laughs> like every time i go down there's a little Dude, bit let's get into sexual education <laughs> How's your poop? Let's get you guys horny right I now. I love talking about shit. Well, I feel like a lot of my comedy stem from fart jokes, which are always funny. But then, again, it's normalizing, like, girls do... There's something hot about the release of a fart, as in, like, you can't control it, just like an orgasm. Mm. You see what I'm trying to play with here? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I'm not saying my farting is hot <laughs> at all. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> it just, I want it... If you're more in tune with, like, what your body naturally wants is, you will orgasm more. Maybe farts equate to more orgasms. It don't. <laughs> <laughs> but okay oh booty licking sorry but <laughs> has to be consensual yeah also when you start if it's never done it before always started the balls mm -hmm. and there's a small area between the balls and the asshole mm -hmm. called perennium is that the, the perennium is it perennial perennial you call it the gooch the gooch a horrible decision yeah but i don't know the name yeah perennium. you might be right maybe perennium is um the skin between the head of the dick in the shaft. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we said we weren't scientists in the beginning, but <laughs> look at us. <laughs> By the way, that's unofficial. I don't have a degree in sex ed. Yeah, but I do believe that you've put in hours of Hell work. Yeah, and I know that when you're teaching people to be more comfortable about sex, it is a real thing. I think anybody who does that is a sex educator. I really believe that. Mm -hmm. Like, and a real sex educator told me I was. You know, Shan Booty. Um, yeah, we have the same manager and I love her. Has she been on your show? No, I've been chasing her ass. She's been like pregnant and busy. I so. know. But Shane Moody was I like, you're a sex educator. I was like, bitch, well, if you said it, <laughs> she has so many degrees on the wall. I'll put I know. Shit in my bio day, the next day. And I've had it there for two years. <laughs> the quote. I don't give a fuck. People be like, and what is it in? Sucking dick, girl. I, I have a PH dick. That's what I got. Do you ever feel pressure now that you're kind of known publicly when you fuck a new dude like yeah. <laughs> yes dude the the last person i'm i slept with um who i'm sleeping with now uh he has a huge dick right and he's always talking shit to me like when i can't take it he's nagging you to like maybe like all right horrible decisions i'm like y'all stop and then but i have to suck his dick really good you low-key like it because he's challenging you but also it's hitting your ego and you're just like i want to just be myself yes he's yeah. like oh you talk all that shit every week dude so like finally finally i was able to like ride it and i was like <laughs> and then he says well i'm on top of him he says my co-host name is mandy he was like mandy would be so proud i was so pissed i was so pissed it was like eight o'clock in the morning he it sounds like he has a good sense of humor he does and he he'll get over this bit during sex he's fun yeah but that was the most embarrassing shit i joke that like i don't go hard in the beginning like i give him a 30 percent blow job because if you give him 100 early on then that's what they expect 
No, but I have to. Because <laughs> I don't attach you to see my... what I just said on this podcast? Like, yeah. I'm a fucking top tier dick sucker. <laughs> my mom came on my show. Was that a fart? Or that no. a chair? Oh, no. Not You're a like, fart. I laugh and fart. I, I would have owned it. Okay. So anyway, my mom... <laughs> <laughs> my mom comes on um, Horrible Decisions and she says something like, oh, you know, I mean, it runs in the family. Like... I'm good at it. She's good at it. I love it. that for her. And I told her how this guy said I was like the best that he's had. And my mom was so proud of me that night. She says, Gila, I swear to God, this is the best news. My mom is black, but my father is from Israel, right? Uh -huh. Jewish. She sounds like the Jewish one. <laughs> my mom's like very New York. Gila, I swear to God, if you would have told me that this, I, I am so proud of you. It comes through generation to generation. Further fucking more, I want to ask you. Because are you, do you identify as bi? Mm -hmm. So I feel like being bi is very interesting in terms of like your energies. And like I, I, I listened to some pods where like you were talking about like the dom, being dom or like not being dom or like masculine energy, feminine energy. Like how do you balance that stuff and what turns you on? So as far as like being bi and liking women, um, as much as I'm all for the gender non-conforming shit and pansexuality where you can love everybody, I'm like really down the middle. I mm. like super girly girls and I like super mask guys traditionally. Oh. Um, and I think it's just, I don't know, but that's how my bisexuality works. Like I don't really like studs. They love me though. I don't know why. What's a stud? A stud? What do you, is it? I'm like, what do white people say? That's <laughs> <laughs> a black term, ain't it? Can you? I've always heard stud. I, Me too. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know there was. Explain a what it is. Stud. Oh, okay, dyke. You can yeah. say a dyke, which some people consider a slur, but my dyke friends don't. <laughs> so, basically, they don't. No. Like, some people they call it butch too. Oh, butch, right? Mm -hmm. So it's basically when. <laughs> but I love stud. White people need to start saying stud. That is hot. That's like sexy because I have a lot of straight white girl friends who could easily be swayed by a stud because it gives like similar masculine energy to it as a dude. But that's the thing. People, I think if you're not really, and this is not to diminish. Um, uh, We're making mass generalizations here. Right. But I do think straight girls that end up fucking a girl for the first time, like those are the ones that get you because you kind of like, yeah, you know they're giving you a guy feel, but um, but they're different than dudes. They're not dudes at all, but they have their own swag. But they still have that yeah. like dominant energy. And like they could fuck like you. Like a young MA, she's in one of the episodes I did on Sex Cells. Uh -huh. Oh my god, yo, she was so hot to me. Oh my god, oh my god. But she's a stud. Yes, and um, wears a strap sometime. But like, I really liked how. So she still identifies as a woman, mm -hmm. and like, I liked how she talked about her sexuality or like women going down on her like i thought that was hot because a lot of studs aren't and that's cool you don't want to talk about your genitals i get it mm -hmm. um there's a lot of studs that are no touch which means they don't want you touching them because it makes them feel uncomfortable there's a lot of uh things about that but particularly i like lipstick lesbians like my ex-girlfriend was super lipstick mm -hmm. we were wearing heels all the time people used to always think we were like i remember we went to panama everybody thought we were like escorts because we were like making out and these guys were like oh they're trying like to like you were looking for threesomes yeah and stuff. don't get me wrong we were fucking we were having threesomes all yeah. the time mm -hmm. but like no people really thought we were selling pussy just because we had on these little dresses and we looked cute so being attracted to lipstick lesbians so that do and you a lipstick lesbian um, just for anyone that doesn't know that term yeah. is like makeup girly girl lesbian femme, more femme do you find yourself being attracted to like just straight femme girls or can you do you have good gaydar where you could be like that's a lipstick lesbian like she eat me out yeah like an eye contact moment um to be real with you like i haven't in a long time come on to a girl like my I, my ex-girlfriend i broke up like three years ago mm -hmm. and it really scared the shit out of me bitches are crazy i love her so much we're friends now she's got a baby cool 
but she really scared the shit out of me. Now I just have threesomes with bitches. You go, and they come on to me. My house was burnt down. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, she scared me. Away. She sharpied all my Nikes. The night that we broke up, like I was like, "Are we gonna fight, girl?" It was giving love and hip hop. <laughs> She was like, we were in the car with our boyfriend. We were in a throuple. And I just remember he was driving and he didn't know where to go because we were in Orlando. That's where she used to live. <laughs> so anyway, we're in the car and we start fighting. She was like, bitch, I will come in that front seat. And I was like, oh my God, I thought you loved me. And he was just like, so do I make a left? Because she's like, this dude won't hit you, but I will. <laughs> Bro, it was bad. But um, I think what really scared me about that is like my my feelings for women fucked me up mm. like um i felt like nobody could compare to her she was gorgeous mm. so like no i would every even to this day and for any girl listening who's fucked me i'm sorry because i fucked a lot of bitches since then mm-hmm. but i compare them all to her all of them it just does not get out of my head but you also can't just be comparing looks like there's clearly like oh, deeper no, every, feelings because the like there's the hottest girls that you're like oh i'm not attracted to exactly it's the way that she presents herself. It's the connection we have. It's how much she actually likes women. Because a lot of times when I'm meeting women for just sex, it's like a novelty thing for them, I think. Mm. I don't know if they're really like sleeping with women. but like, And you don't want to ever feel like, are they ha- half into this? Because that's not hot. You want someone who's like, so like, even blowjobs just acting like you're obsessed with their dick. Like it's the greatest dick you've ever seen. They'll come. Yes. They love that. People want you to be excited about what you're doing. Now in threesomes, I don't really care if it's half-assed because like mm-hmm. it's just fun sometimes. But with her and we also had such intimate threesomes, right? Like I used to fuck two people that like I really cared about. So it's just hard. You're like we cried after together. We did a prayer circle. After. Oh my God. Dude, <laughs> one of the best three, like threesomes we ever had. We were in bed and she used to always wear like a scarf over her her hair, right? Because like we're not about to fuck the weave up. <laughs> and he wanted to have sex, but she was like really tired. And I just remember she turned around and we had to be quiet. I was in the middle and we were fucking and like she kind of woke up and she was like, no, it's okay. And she was like trying to touch a titty or something to be involved. And it was like the cutest thing because then we all just cuddled after. And I was oh. like, damn, like we really love each other. Do you know I've never had a threesome? What? And you guys are so I'm 29. Oh, would you not like girls? I've never hooked up with a girl. I've never kissed a girl. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I'm like, did I not live my life? No, you just, that's the thing. We push it on women so much. Even look how I just was shocked at you. No, I know. I feel, the way you I feel bad. in your outfit. No, well, no, that's the thing. I am like, I have, people have said to me, like, I have a lot of like masculine energy, but also my parents raised me very, my parents raised me non-binary before it was like a thing. Like my mom was against like calling me a princess and like everything was about like how good you are at sports, how good you are at school. Never talking about you're pretty. Whatever. My dad wanted me to be an athlete my whole life. Like I was a tennis play player. Tennis, right? Yeah. So like, I was growing up with like it was never like oh my god you look so pretty in that it was like wow you threw that ball far look at my daughter so like I just kind of yes I was just like raised with that aspect but I've always guys favorite I'm always I was always jealous of girls like that when you're pretty and like (laughs) and then I'm like oh I can name everyone on the Yankees like I can that's like like, but I grew up as an athlete like some of my best friends are lesbians and but I yeah I vote like they I feel like they kind of like me and then I love that attention like I love flirting with everyone but i've like always just you've never gotten to the kiss it's because i don't think intrinsically you've wanted it well that's my thing because i started to feel lame and i started to be like 
like my friend was like, have girls have never sent to your DMs? And like girls have. I just never intrinsically, like I've always Because you just, gotta want it. Like yeah. when, when straight girls have come on to me or at least flirted, like they were just either curious and I was just someone- eating. I want to be bi. <laughs> <laughs> like I wish I was sitting here like, I know the time. I'm for the community. I want to be. I would run the that shit. Bi. I would fuck that pussy up, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I would make that labia clap, you know? <laughs> but, I, but I never, I, I feel like the, but uh, I went to, what, what's a lesbian bar? There's only like two. You're all the cu uh, cubby, hole. cubby hole. I went in and um, a butchie girl came right up to me and was like like gym teacher-esque and I got really scared <laughs> I got very scared and then these two girls were hitting on me and my friend and I just like I panicked I was just it was weird but like I feel like everything's a spectrum no I even get nervous sometimes I got nervous I freaked out I get nervous with people I'm not attracted to so that's why you got nervous you know when ugly guys come up to you you'd be like oh. yeah I felt uncomfortable and but the thing is is like I feel like maybe in a past life I was a lesbian or in a future life I'll be I just feel like it's weird that I haven't experienced it in my life. It's weird. I, I just feel like I'm missing out on something. I think people are so open and over the top about yes, it. That yeah. it makes and me feel I like have that. so many gay and lesbian friends. Like everybody who's done it and is not necessarily into it, right? Like yeah. I've had friends that are straight, have threesomes, and they'll be like, oh, you know, we kissed and stuff. And it's like, you didn't even want to do it. Do you have any advice to make a threesome less awkward? Yeah. I think that the way to make a threesome less awkward is definitely <laughs> you have to want to fuck both people. Mm. That's the only advice I have. You can't be avoiding one or like subtly. Now, if you want to watch someone fuck your boyfriend, that's different. Cuckolding, 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 right? I love that. Even though I like pussy, like I would love, I love watching my man fuck another girl. I don't know why it is. Like it's just weird. I no, it's not weird. I have friends who are like that too. But it's like it's crazy. Do you feel like oh, am I not in love with this dude if I want him to fuck someone else and oh, I won't no. care? Sex is sex, and we all like yes, okay. we're learning that, right? Yes, and yes. especially when it's someone that you have a great commitment with, like you understand. And also, I think we all like feeling a little jealousy sometimes. It's hot. It's I love when guys flirt with my man. Yeah. Girls flirt with my and guys, I guess. I like also, both. <laughs> it's hot. I love the attention, and it's like that's and you know he's coming home to you. Yeah, and I think with that you just took it to a next level. But how to make it less awkward when everyone is into it? It's so much more fun. And when I say that, I mean like if you've been thinking about a threesome because maybe you want to please your partner, you can't necessarily. It's very hard to fake it when you're feeling jealous or insecure mm -hmm. about something. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the best thing is like, cause I remember my first threesome, like I liked watching them kissed, kiss. They liked watching me kiss her. And like we had a three way kiss and it was really fun. And also understand things will go wrong. Threesomes are really hard to do. Yeah. Position. Sometimes you're sitting there like, what do I do? Okay. The dick's in there. Now I can't eat pussy anymore. Do I just sit here? Like, I'd be like, do they think this is hot or am I just like being weird right now? I know. And then sometimes when they're fucking like, Let's say, like, I remember with my exes, they used to fucking missionary. And it would, like, kind of seem like I was alone. But I used yeah. to always touch myself and, like, kiss them and stuff. Yeah. And, like, masturbating in a threesome seems like you're alone. But it's really not. Mm. Everybody loves watching everything. Um, there's just a lot going on. Also, I was going to say, I would suggest not doing it with friends. Mm -hmm. um, I think that also makes it less awkward. Because if it's terrible, then you still got to talk to the bitch. Yeah. So, yeah. I love. Like, and you get flashbacks every time you see her. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but 
the other thing too you can use thrinder um that's oh no sorry they changed the name to field f-e-e-l-d it's a threesome app okay so like everybody knows what they want right yep. and um the girl um, i don't know if you've heard this term unicorn mm-hmm. that's a single woman that's down to sleep with a couple and i think the best thing to do is just make sure that if you meet someone online though um do a group chat don't like be separate or let the woman talk to the other woman but like i've noticed the most threesome issues when men are trying to set it up with some girl they used to fuck or a girl they know that's down mm. and then and you're feeling insecure about it and even me right i've had so many threesomes and my partner and i are not monogamous but like there was one girl we were in a city i can't remember where we were maybe we were in tulum and he was like oh this girl i used to fuck from toronto's here like she's dope you'll like her so I'm no, like, oh, she's don't <laughs> like <laughs> how dope he's is 43 she? you've had some pussy before oh we love that for him yeah and honestly he's been around guys i fuck because i'm a hoe mm-hmm. so he's like <laughs> Bro, like it's plus I be in industry shit and like guys, mm-hmm. there's like a guy or two I fucked in the industry and they've been around. My man is super chill, mm-hmm. right? Like when he's he knows he's been around a guy I used to fuck. He's chill about. It, he's cool and that's attractive. So hot! Oh my god, I wanted to suck both their dicks right there. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it was my, my last live show January, and a guy I used to fuck was there, my ex, and my boyfriend comes in. And he sees him there and he's like, what up, bro? Da, 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 da. And he said he was a fan of his work. That shit turned me on. Oh, my God. He was like, I love your shit. And I was like, oof. Like, he was just so confident. And my boyfriend's only six feet and my ex is like six, eight. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and he's taller and bigger than you. And you're like, I like your shit. Da, da, da. And was like, mm-hmm. gave me a little slap on the ass. I was like, come on, big dick talk. Oh, a little slap on the ass this too. Hot. That like, is the, like, the oh, my icing now, on the cake. Like, good for you. Yeah. The best thing while I'm on stage, not kidding. Cause we had a VIP table. Uh-huh. So these girls start taking a picture with him and they're taking a selfie. And my man is like, I got you. And <laughs> <take> <laughs> Dude, I was, mind you, I'm talking, I'm on stage, I'm like, and there's like 600 people there. Fucking New York Post was there. I was like, I don't know, and I noticed it, and I was like, this is the hottest shit ever. That really made me like, really fall in love with him. But anyway. That is sexy, because some people take that as like a beta bitch moment, but he took it upon himself to be like, I am so comfortable in the situation, I want the best for you, I will get the lighting and the angle right. It was just like, that's an older guy thing too. They're just kind of past it. So, the girl from Toronto, he's like, (laughs) she's super fun, and like, I don't remember why he... Oh, you know what? I think we were going to do coke or something and she was down. Something like that. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, she's fun. She's got drugs. So I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, let's go. Mm-hmm. We go. She was fun. And then she said something about me being pretty or touched me. And I was like, okay. And I said to him, you know what? It's not like I wouldn't be down for this, but there's a part of me that like knows she has your number. And what if you guys start talking about it together after? That would make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't know if I can handle that. Or, and then maybe like she misses a dick and wants it by herself. Cause sometimes in a threesome, I'd be wanting dick alone. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't do it for that reason. And I think you gotta be honest when you feel insecure about those things. Yeah. Because if we're not vocal about it and we just put ourselves through it, you feel way worse. Well also, just orgasming alone is all mental so i could see in a threesome if your head isn't right and you're like fighting your own emotions like how are you supposed to come yeah it's very hard to come if you're thinking about too much or if you're thinking like oh, i don't want them to kiss or you got too many rules like, yeah it's hard so when you're doing i'm gonna call them adventures because you are adventurous and you're on this sexual journey that is Thank so beautiful you're <laughs> the explorers <laughs> My funny fish name was Free Spirit 407. And I remember people were like, girl, just say. Just say you a hoe. Horror. <laughs> With a capital W. Free H-R. Vagina 407. <laughs> <laughs> 
free vagina. Free sex sells. Hashtag. But, <laughs> say you out. But I love that for you. I want to know in these things that you experience, are you doing it for the orgasm? Because like I feel like you're not. Like you could just orgasm by yourself. Like what is if? What is the goal of it all? You know? Or like is it not about the end result of like getting that orgasm? It's just different ways to like the threesomes. Threesomes, but then also like trying out like like bdsm or like i get excited on a dude. by new stuff though and i'd want to especially with one person or even myself let me not even include him in it mm-hmm. i actually don't even talk about him on my podcast anymore mm-hmm. because i felt like i started I, I i would think that people are like do they think i'm doing this for him or do they understand these experiences are really mine mm. it's very hard to talk about how many threesomes you're having with a man and it not seeming like he needs this from you like no i want these things i want to have fun i've been dating you how long like we got to do some new shit yeah i really believe you get tired of fucking somebody out of a year after a year and a half mm-hmm. and when i say you get tired of fucking them you just got to start doing something new like mm-hmm. you just have to mm-hmm. fuck somewhere new in the house start saying newer shit like it is what it is so yeah. i like the threesomes mainly because i'm bi and it's a way to do both of it together and I I am in it for the orgasms. The orgasms are different. Mm. For sure they're different. Mm-hmm. We know how to make each other come easily, right? You and your partner are probably the same. Like if you know what you need to have a quickie, you know yep. how to get it in. Yep. But when someone else is in the mix and it's like kind of you bring someone home and it's exciting, like, ooh, is it going to happen? It's a high. It's like, yeah, it is yeah. a high. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And you chase different highs. Like even though you're still having an orgasm, it's so much, it's more fun. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of these things. Where do you get your confidence from? I don't know. I wonder if it's like, that's a really good question. Where do you get yours from? Are you coming for me right now? (laughs) I don't know your answer because I don't know mine. I feel like my confidence comes from like accepting that like this is me and no one's like me. And like, I'm not trying to be an ideal something. Like, I like how, like, my unique, like, long torso and, like, (laughs) sturdy legs and, like, no one's body's like that. And I can own it. And, like, it's owning it. I actually did. Now that you're saying that, um, there's something that hit me recently. Like, when I lived in Orlando, people would uh, always talk about how I was slutty or too wild or too loud or just talk shit about. Mm, I get the too loud a lot. But when I moved to New York, they say that if you don't feel like home where you're from, New York will give it to you. I didn't feel like that at all. It's real thing. It's got chills. Why? Because that's, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn originally. So like growing up here, like it's cool to be different. Like if you walked into school with like a tutu and a basketball jersey, people were like, that's dope. Where yeah. like growing up in a small town, if you're not all doing the same thing and wearing the same thing and playing with the same things, then if you you're different, you stick out and you feel horrible about yourself. So I grew up in a place that like celebrated that and also like, I'm like Italian, so like I'm from like a loud family that like women run the show. <laughs> I mean, I also have a little Jewish in me. And I was gonna say Brooklyn. Okay, I'm, I'm well, of course I have a little Jew in me because I'm from <laughs> I'm from New York. But like that's just like I guess the culture I come from, and I've gone to places where like women have to be listening all the time and like not take up space. So I've gone to places where I feel like a fucking idiot. And New Yorkers are more welcoming than people think. Oh yeah, like I 100%. feel like before I got here, I was like, oh, everybody's they're going to be asked about how I've only been here for a little amount of time or this or that. I'm like, they don't. No, because New York will eat you up and spit you out, and I feel like anyone. LA, LA is like that though. LA will definitely remind you that you're, oh, like oh, you're new here. Oh, I do this, but New Yorkers have not made me feel like that. No, I feel like any. 
I feel like if you're here for three months, I'm like, welcome, you're a New Yorker. Anyone who's surviving in New York, like you have respect for it and it takes balls to come here and it's a melting pot. Like even like my family's immigrants, like <laughs> we can't, no one's like really New Yorkers. So we're all just coming here to like chase a dream or just be around the buzz and be around the excitement. Yeah. And it's also a place where you're not alone, really. Like there's so many people, it's hard to be alone. Mm -hmm. um, that's really helpful too. Like I think New York has really helped me be a more of a social person. But so the confidence, like, yeah, New York showed me that I wasn't that bad. And also there's a lot of acceptance that came when I think when I was 25, I just really became comfortable myself. Mm. I hated things about like how I looked or my teeth or my hair. Like I used to straighten my hair so much and wear weave all the time. Mm -hmm. And now it's just like, oh, I'm going to wear braids and just do whatever because I can. But I don't know why I was doing that. Like maybe it was just something in my head. But uh, it really was a life changing thing for me because in Florida, I felt like I had to assimilate, whereas in New York, there was no rule book or any structure. Mm -hmm. So I think that that helped a lot. And I want to make sure that people understand, too, like, by no means am I shitting on a small town you live in. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that the one that I'm from didn't make me feel good about myself. Yeah, you want to find a place that you feel welcomed. Mm -hmm. And some people do, like, I know so many people who are thriving in their small towns and love that lifestyle, and it brings out the best in them and their family yeah. and their beliefs. And then some people, like, go against the grain and like i'm Look terrible with authority yeah <laughs> yes that shit is amazing. i'll be so happy when i get out <laughs> do you know that I, dude i learned this i don't know if you heard this on there but they don't even have they don't believe in pictures because it's like vanity mm -hmm. they don't have pictures of themselves when they were kids like mm -hmm. they don't know what they looked like as a baby like mm -hmm. what it's wild but with you like it takes balls to go on a podcast and talk about your like sexual endeavors and you're not just talking and interviewing people about sex like you were experiencing yourself like i respect for that <laughs> like some people like will just ask about honestly it. that was why horrible decisions i feel like was so important to me you know like um it's funny i actually said this to my friend sophia recently like i did her podcast and call her daddy was such a big podcast and you've done you mm -hmm. know alex's show and horrible decisions been around for a minute and a few years ago, people would start to tell me when I had a sex podcast, they would say, like, call her daddy. And it would really hurt my feelings at first because... Well, you're an OG. You've been doing this shit for but a it, long time. What Guys, guys, we fucked was really first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when people would say that to me, I was like, no, not like that. And it would really piss me off. And I tried to, like, understand where that feeling was coming from. And I remember telling Sophia, like, it's because... I really know that I'm having these experiences, doing them, teaching the community how hard it is, putting shit on the line for it. And it like wasn't that cool to be a slut. No. You know what I mean at first? No. So it felt harder. And also I had to learn and understand that like that just wasn't my path. Like, you know, what, the way that that show grew um, was just what was meant for them. Mine took more time. Well, you were in corporate America. Yeah. What was your gig? Oh, I was a sales exec, sales engineer. Yep. I worked for a telecommunications company installing like Ethernet and shit. Deep down, did you feel like you were on the wrong path? No. You felt good. You're making money. But now I know why I wasn't. Like, Horrible Decisions was for fun. Yes. My co-host and I started it because we were two corporate women 
that were still hoes. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk about it because every <laughs> sex pod, um, like I had never listened to guys we fucked, but mm -hmm. they were comedians or people were like in entertainment. And I was like, oh, but we're regular people. Mm -hmm. Regular people can be hoes too. Right. <laughs> Which is funny because the premise of what we started on when we quit our jobs because the show got so big, yeah. it's like, damn, but like, we're losing that now. I'm like, no, we're not. We turned into business women. She opened a subscription box company. Mm -hmm. I opened the studio. Mm -hmm. Now I'm in production and consulting with fucking for audio. What's your sign? Pis Pisces. <laughs> Pisces. My mom's a Pisces. I like you. You, but you have like a, you have a boss energy. That's what I was saying. Like you have leadership I, energy. I felt like I was just. My mom was the principal of a middle life. school. Really? Like she has, but she she leads by like very example. Like she's very kind, but you don't cross her. But like she's, it's not like an ego power trip. But she's like the best leader ever. And I sense that similar energy with you. Where like because I've ha I've, I've had really bad leaders, right? Yeah. Like one thing I this is my first time having this many employees, and like I want to make sure that I'm never talking to them like they have to do something or mm -hmm. I don't do it with them. Mm -hmm. um, like right we just had to move the couch i want to make sure we're doing that together this girl picked up the couch <laughs> with everyone and i'm standing there i was like oh should i should i move the couch now <laughs> because they're partnering with me mm -hmm. they don't have to be it's here. a choice yeah and it doesn't do me any good to just be like oh they work for me they do this pick this up da -da 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 -da. like no like they don't owe you shit we don't you know what i'm saying god forbid i end up losing one of them i'm fucked mm -hmm. i don't know how to do this shit behind there <laughs> you know like i and i think that that's what all really good leaders you know how people say everyone has to be a waiter at some point they're mm -hmm. like it's that shit yep. if you don't do it if you don't lead by example then you you have nothing yeah like you know all the shit you've talked about to your best coworker friend about the boss that you hate and you just think like i never want to be that Dude, boss about one about paying fair like mm -hmm. literally when i opened the studio i figured out what other studios were paying people and i pay everyone ten dollars more mm -hmm. if not more than that depending mm -hmm. i want them to get commission on all this stuff mm -hmm. like if they have to do extra work like production or taking notes i want them to take like 80 percent of the money for that like mm -hmm. because they're putting in the work the equipment's here but they're really doing this work and i think we all need to realize like I can't talk shit about corporations and then be that person. Mm -hmm. Actually, my accountant told me recently when he saw how much I was paying out employees that uh, this wasn't smart because of profit share. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, I'll be in business forever. If my money grows slow because I paid well, I'll never lose anybody. Yeah, because you could go cheap and just keep regurgitating people. They leave. They and have no, no one's ever had fucked up video come out of here. No. Nope. So what, what am I supposed to do? Just get someone be like paying 15 bucks to press play and then people shit look crazy? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. I can't be the girl that's literally documented talking about they're not paying people enough. They're not doing this. Mm -hmm. Also, I had people come for me, Hannah. So Jordan, who's doing our episode, um, she's a black woman behind the camera, right? And I literally said I wanted a black woman to work here. People told me I was racist. I was like, dude, you don't understand. I've been making money on black people. You mean like listeners? Yeah. Oh, like writing, white people were applying for the job and then telling me I was wrong. Uh, well, one. you can't be racist against black people. Let's just Thank start with that. <laughs> but I know all the pods that come here are black mainly, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm building a business off black dollars. Mm -hmm. What the fuck do I look like not trying to hire black people? Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it's just not fair to have made money on this journey through a certain type of people mm -hmm. and not give back in that way. I should be trying to do that. But this is also why, where change happens, where you've worked your ass off to become the gatekeeper. I so really you are that. now the gatekeeper to allow one. people like you to get those jobs that other people who are gatekeepers would not let them have. 
Facts. Because we've all had that bad experience. Mm -hmm. And I think I needed, I think that was part of my journey. That mm -hmm. nine to five was part of what I needed to see. I mean, we talk about comedy where I, f I started to book my own shows and I started to realize like, oh, if you, if you book more than like three black people in the lineup, people think it's a black show. And that's wild. Because if you think of most lineups, Actually, it's, that's it's three white guys, one girl, one black dude. Yeah. Or a black girl. That's but then there's not tonight. another girl. There's one black dude. I'm telling you, look at the fucking lineups. So I started realizing like, oh, I can get crazy up here as a gatekeeper and have like all women and not call it a female when you, show. When you're like performing to a black audience, I want to know what jokes hit harder is when they was when you lean into white girl shit. Because black people love watching okay, white people talk so about It's so funny because I re I haven't we haven't done comedy since the pandemic, since BLM. And I did my first like black show and I was the only white comedian. And like it's cool to see what in the community people are joking about. And there's a, they're like shitting, making fun of all the stuff from like Black Lives Karen. Matter. Yes, every, I mean the Karen. It's fun to talk about this shit. But you just had, and then I'm going up about to do like astrology and cat jokes. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you just have to own into it. But it's so funny because like they loved it. They laughed. And they, if I had been weird about it or like awkward, then they wouldn't have had fun. I know. But it's like, because they're not telling me they don't want me there. They just want me to like listen and like, be there and be a part of it. I just had this conversation with a friend of mine. That approach is so much better than like the, I have to be just like you. I actually went to a comedy show where there was one white girl. And when I tell you her tone changed, mm -hmm. like the black scent was thick, bro. Oh no. It was bad. Oh no. Like, <laughs> but also we, people yeah. are most comfortable when you're being authentically yourself. Yeah. I would say like when I'm with my girlier friends, like I'll get a little girlier. That like that just happens. But I do think that like in the comedy space, like, it's important to like, you're not funny if you're not just being your vulnerable, stupid self. You know who does that well? Um, I love him to death. Andrew Schultz. He supported mm -hmm. my show for a long time. Mm -hmm. Andrew has grown his audience. It's a lot through Charlemagne mm -hmm. doing Brilliant Idiots. And I went to his show in D.C. And it was all niggas. I was, it was so black, Hannah. That I remember being like, yo, what is he about to do up here? Andrew was wearing a shirt that said White Land, like Vice Land, mm -hmm. with the same font. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God. And he told a slave joke. And everybody laughed so hard. And I remember thinking, like, why the fuck did he tell this joke? But it was like, oh, like, this is my set. Yeah. All these black people here, they know who the fuck I am. Well, that's it. They know him. And, and they know where he's coming people. from. Right. Like, it to me when people do that like people will support you we're not as like black and white as we all think it is mm -hmm. when you just are who you are it makes it so much more comfortable and it's funny because afterwards like one of the girls came up to me and she was like oh my god i watched summer house like i love summer house and i was like you need to come to my pod and the next you know i have this whole different entrance into like also the humor it's important for me to hear that like what they're talking about versus like maybe like the brooklyn niche crowd and like they're like smart jokes and then like the club crowd where it's like all the white dudes that like you try to get in <laughs> but like, i've seen that too and it's important to just like in the comedy space know what everyone's joking about for you to become a better comedian and for you to know how to speak on shit it's just important you can't be living in your own little funnel and think you know shit if we don't open ourselves up to that, like that's why I've been trying to listen to different pods because I was kind of for a while only listening to stuff in my demographic. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't touch that at all. Why don't I talk about this? And like, it's important. But the only thing that's, I will say that's different when your niche is black mm -hmm. is um, at, when I have white people on my show, mm -hmm. um, which is very seldom. <laughs> and you're like, 
So the show is based on like trying to destigmatize kinks for the black community, right? So we try to bring on black kinksters and black kinky people so that people understand it's not just white people shit. WPS. Mm-hmm. I stole that from Broad City. Mm-hmm. But when we have white people on, I'll always have a few reviews about how we were talking too much shit about it. And it's like, bro, this is our own space to talk about wigs and how they be falling off. Yeah. We're doing exactly okay. Like, yeah. You're not going to hear that on something else. And like, this is the this is who we're speaking to and great and i think someone left me a comment like this is why they're not as big they could be bigger and i was like bro i i hear you but if it has to be black shit for it to then fine that's what the show is i can't just blanket it to everyone when that's really i can't speak on anyone else's experience mm-hmm. if i'm sucking black brown dicks mm-hmm. i'm gonna tell you <laughs> <laughs> like it's, hard. Well, it's funny because i also i co-host bravo's chat room huh which is the first ever bravo talk show that has a black female showrunner and i'm with portia and giselle oh my god from the housewives and me oh and i've seen those clips you see okay so they're the fucking best but like and we talk about everything it's very personal and like they started to do like a bit about edges and i was like wait 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 like i'm i have a lot of black friends whatever but i don't know what edges is edges are and they like had to go into it and explain it and then like but it, no one was mad. No one was like, because I wasn't about to talk on something I didn't know. Right. And, and when you ask, I love when my friends like genuinely ask. Me. No, they loved it. They did like a whole lesson, it's like a whole lesson. And it's important. And I, I do think that especially with the internet and comedy and podcasting, it's cool to be able to, I mean, podcasting is all about connecting. Right. Think about everyone who's given you. You know what's good about you bringing up edges? Like you might have seen... You know, last year when we George Floyd, black people were like, it's not my time to teach my white friends about racism. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That conversation, I don't need to be teaching. You should Google it. Mm-hmm. But edges, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends recently really wanted to know why I wear a bonnet. And it was so funny because she was like, I don't want you to have to teach me. But I need to know. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I didn't know what she was going to say. And I was like, yeah, she was like, so I know. You were getting mad. I was already because I didn't know what was going on. You were like, read a history like, book. Bitch, is this the end of our friendship? <laughs> So she says, I thought bonnets were to protect natural hair. Why do you wear it with the braids? Why are the bonnets necessary? Yeah. And I was like, this is so important, bitch. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And now she has one in her house for me. Wait. Right? That makes me so happy. Mind you, this bitch calls me the other day with a bonnet on. So like, <laughs> it's, so, it's so good because it's my hair out of the way for my makeup. <laughs> but it's beautiful and i do have to say about the podcast community it's all about connecting and you actually i think dm i've known about your guys podcast i know we were supposed to do it a we're supposed to do what but I'm glad we didn't do it but you day. were very like open to me being like i want to go on your podcast and i was like a thousand percent because sometimes you get nervous like oh she's you know she's famous or like oh she seems like she's too busy she's in la all the time you do see you me <laughs> I thought you were talking about yourself. Oh, I was talking about you. Dude, I can't get verified. I'm in you're my in. bed. You're a TV, bro. You've been on here for You're years. a TV star. Okay, right before we play our final game, because this has definitely gone way too long, but I, I can't, I have to go with momentum when I have it. Is it, um, really? it went too long? I mean, it's going. Question Where are you at with your, like, anxiety, depression, your mental health? Like, where are you right now? So, my shit's really good right now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. She goes, I'm floating on a cloud. But it's interesting because throughout the years, like when I was doing my show, like I used to first starting to do my show and it got bigger. You get all love in the beginning. And then when you get a little too much bigger, it's like everybody hates you. And but right now I'm loved. So it's okay. But the internet really contributed to a lot of my depression, whether it would be directly at me or I'm um, obviously everyone listening isn't a podcaster or, or on TV, but 
sometimes you click on Instagram and everybody's just looking so great and you're not, or like everybody on Facebook is pregnant and has a kid. And like, even though like kids are terrible, you still feel bad. Y'all have one. It's shit like that. Even though you could have had one all the damn time. <laughs> and bitch, you might have had an abortion, but now you imagine you got no family. That's what the fuck. It was a choice. It was a choice. But also like, I don't know why I pick a fence. My depression 100% would come from the internet. Mm-hmm. And just in my thoughts, they're so cancerous. If it's one bad thought, it's another, it's another, it's another. Spiral. Mm-hmm. And you know when people say you have to go to the gym to feel better? That helped. Even though nothing was really changing on my body. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is mental. Like sometimes I'm like a dog. I, I just like need I to be something. taken for a walk just i need to go for a walk yeah like you check something off your list winter time is very difficult for me yes oh but it's good God. you're aware of those habits Ooh, it's like girl it's giving slip my wrist i have a friend straight up who's like i suffer from seasonal depression it's like the summer and she's did talking you, about did it. you ever buy a light no bro my shit was bad i bought a fucking light my first new year to new york if you guys don't know what i'm talking about for seasonal depression aka sad they sell these sad lights and it's like oh. really bright and it's supposed to give you vitamin d and oh. I would FaceTime my friends from Florida and they're like, bitch, what is going on? Well, you're also from Florida. So like this shit was different having Ooh, this like bad. depressing. Dude, when COVID first started, I moved to Mexico for like seven months. Good for you. Because, and people were like, oh, it's so white privilege of you. I was like, bruh, all I did was just like fucking sublease my apartment. Also, you made money to be able to do it. Right, and Mexico was like 800 bucks a month. It's in fucking Mexico. It's so funny. The people that come for you and the people that come for me and like the different angles they do it because of our different races. Well, because <laughs> I have other white women coming for me, so they're not doing that. They're doing just like, who knows what they're doing. But it's funny because you're, you mentioned like, you want to come up and you want to be have a, something successful and people love the come up. But then once you become like cool or like liked, it's cool to not, li- it becomes cool to not like you. I had this conversation recently. People do love a come up, but um, I deleted a post about something I was proud about. And Questlove, who I'd never met before, um, wrote me and was like, what happened? I was just about to comment on this and it went away. Wait, out of nowhere? Seriously. And I, it was on my story. I was like, oh, like, it's like, a, it's like bragging. I, I shouldn't do this. And he was like, yo, I don't know if we were taught this, but like celebrate your wins, Mm -hmm. stop feeling guilty. He's like, this is bullshit. Mm -hmm. He says, don't make jokes about like one day when you're this, speak everything as if it's happening right now. And for all the things that are happening right now, if you want to share it with everyone, he was like, somebody will tell you you're a bitch for it or whatever. He didn't say those words, but like someone will hate it and it'll, someone else will be They're projecting their shit on you and you don't want to not be able to inspire other people because you don't want to get that like little backlash from people who don't like their own shit. There's a way to be arrogant and not. Yes. But Um, as women, society likes to control our confidence levels to be like, oh, you have to gain confidence and do this. And then once you are confident, people are like, oh, she's feeling herself or like, oh, people have said about one girl, (laughs) she said she's too big for her britches and i was like have the biggest britch you can have what are you talking about too big for your britches like it's just when you're doing well with your own stuff that you want and and the weird thing is which i would i could i could say i probably could see with you people like when you're relatable but there will become a point where you may not be anymore. And like, that's what makes me feel like I got to push myself back down. Well, that's this the joke with Amy bad. Schumer. Like she's so funny and relatable, but then, you know, her life changed so much cause she got so fucking famous that like when she's joking about her day to day, it was just like fame is weird. Right. And like, people were just like, I don't really I don't connect with that, but that's not her fault. Like her life changed so much. And like my life changed a lot in three years. And I think I always was like the relatable, like 
girl who's really down to earth and then like i started to date a hot model and people got freaked out <laughs> <laughs> i got some money but i also am like i'm a minimalist i just want to pay for but food. money does change i'm sorry money doesn't change me but it's really who i would have been if i had money anyway mm. i wanted to eat this food mm -hmm. and now i'm just gonna do it i spent all my money on food what dude my favorite restaurant <laughs> is lucienne on first and first uh-huh I go there at least three, four times a week to the point where two people that listen to horrible decisions have been like, oh, I knew you were going to be here. And I eat there so much, spend $90 every time. And I'd be like, oh, this is why I had to get rid You need to invest in them. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God, I just want to do something. Like, let me give it, let me do a post for something. Let me save some money. But I remember thinking to myself, I'm eating escargot and like, did money change me? And I'm like, bitch, <laughs> you just couldn't eat it before. You always wanted it. Like, I But also let's not, overlook that what you're also doing with your money is putting it into a business that's, that's true. growing stuff because that takes real money out of your own pocket to be like i want to invest it in this to grow long term Canadian black owned y'all go to omar's kitchen last laugh i'm trying to think of all the black shit oh my god okay we need to wrap it up with a final game okay this has been amazing we've gone through a lot we've talked about fucking everything because we both talk fast and we've made it here yeah it's been a long journey in hell it's time to play the seven deadly sins okay seven deadly sins what are you greedy about uh money <laughs> she didn't even take a breath why um i have a lot of money security issues like oh. my parents when i grew up like were really they had they weren't rich but like upper middle class mm -hmm. i lived in a huge house um, but also it's florida so that's true <laughs> Maybe they had a bunch of money. <laughs> no but like my first car was a jag mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it, my parents had bread like we went on vacation all the time there was nothing i didn't have it if i didn't want it and when the stock market crashed my parents lost their home oh wow um and it's no shade to my father he was a great dad really you know provided for our family but money security is crazy and i like try to save every dollar the only thing i'm not greedy about is money for other people mm. I well that's that's joy i try to tip well yeah it makes me feel good and i also heard that money manifestation people say the more you give the more you actually receive that is true I really believe that. It's kind of like sex. Ooh, it is. <laughs> I love that. You it's not like farts, but it's like sex. Yeah, it's like, I know. You got pissed off in that comparison in the beginning. We did not mean to say it's enjoyable like farts. But anyway, farts do feel good sometimes. <laughs> okay, fine. Especially when you've been holding it in. <laughs> Who are you envious of? Mm, right now? Um, damn, I'm, I don't really have a lot of jealousy feelings. But for the last few years, I've really been leaning into my Buddhism, dude. <gasps> that's the only Just religion i've gotten like because there's no god you have to or weird thing you have to pray to but like um detaching from anger and that kind of stuff i really wish i could say someone so just to make that point but i don't know can you I, give me the like top line buddhism concepts that you really like yeah for one like just like we were talking about the money like karma is a real thing and energy is so transferable and the way that it shifts things like when you're good to people it either makes you feel good or someone's just giving it back. It's just like, it's going to eventually start happening. If we were all doing this, I treat everything with love. Um, you know, I had recently said uh, on, in an argument with my co-host, like we were arguing about something. We, we fight a lot and we're, we just, we're both so dominant that 
I was like, I'm sending you love. And, like we were yelling at each other in the middle of it. And I'm like, I really want to like approach this with love. I, I don't like you right now, but I love you. <laughs> and like, I feel like I have to say that so she understands, so I understand why we're here. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I think that if you don't approach things that way, then you're always going to be angry. It's very hard to be that way in New York, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Everything makes you want to beat everybody's ass. <laughs> violent it's always like i want to punch it on the street this car i want you with love but i want to curse you out is love. a very warm thing and there's a lot of sharing in it um because they believe that that's what they're supposed to do mm-hmm. right like buddha was a man who would give himself and i don't know it's it's weird because religion never really attracted me so much but buddhism did mm-hmm. i think the only thing you, with buddhism is you just have to be a good person yeah and i think that's why good things are happening to me because i've really been trying to be a good person and whether i'm like trying so hard for it to be karma it just makes me feel better to be good so you're saying that hoes can be good people too yeah that is the moral of this podcast look at amber rose slut walk oh my gosh only I, fans they give a lot of money to taxes infrastructure I, education system i did a slut walk in college we love that it was fun <laughs> <laughs> what are you gluttonous about what do you overindulge in Ooh, girl food french food food is bad too like i eat a lot Same. i have an egg allergy and i think if i could eat like cakes and stuff yeah i'd be way bigger than i am wait you can't eat cake no i'd be eating the vegan cake at whole foods thank okay. god for the thank area god. we live in we live in the same neighborhood right yeah bro it's so like artsy i know and, and they have options of everything it's so bad that my friends are just like bitch what is wrong with you no it's like lame if you eat normal cake in the lower east side people are like oh i know <laughs> i just need a little vegan they're like no totally they were like of- we have a donut made from cauliflower <laughs> <laughs> I know. that shit is dumb i eat meat like nobody's business and by the way vegans really be trying to make like act like they better than me it's just like girl okay I'm just saying, like, give me a little bit of healthy. But Mm -hmm. recently I was in uh, Atlanta, not Florida. Mm -hmm. And I went to this coffee shop and I was with one of my hood ass friends. You asked for oat milk? I asked for a matcha with oat milk. She said, bitch, uh oh, how'd I get the milk out? And that took me down, bro. Because I don't know the get the milk. I am out of an oat. I have no clue. Valid question. They were like, yo, the dude looked. It's called Brooklyn Magic. Like, we got skim. I was like, but bro, I will shit my pants. Do you have to say, you will shit all your way through Atlanta? They don't even have salad places there. <laughs> I was talking to my friend the other day. I was like, do you guys even have salad places? And she's like, no. We just, I'm like, how are you not full? Slutty vegan. Ba- they got it. Yeah, slutty vegan. Is that the only one we all know? That's a black owned restaurant. What? I don't know. I know slutty vegan for sure. But Jordan, are you vegan? I'm from Atlanta. Oh, so not she knows. Vegan, but I'm from Atlanta. I've been there in like five years. But. I know slutty vegan for fucking sure. Bro, everybody does a line be around the block. Like, and to be eating good in Atlanta, like healthy, it's like, this is not what God wants. But slutty vegan is so, such a good brand. Right? Good for them. Imagine if I was vegan. Damn. Portia Williams from Atlanta, legit, um, will crave ham, like a ham. And she gets her assistant, she goes (laughs) to get her a ham at night and a glass of warm milk. I don't think she is. And we'll just <laughs> go down on it. And we'll be like filming chat room. And she's like, mm, I'm craving ham. <laughs> and like, it's wild. It's become That's just a thing. That's probably like a salt thing. Yeah, I don't know. The texture is, I was like, just put it in I'm the toilet. Ham. Um, When was the last time you experienced extreme wrath? Like, do you have an angry side to you? Oh my God. Yes. Bro. So like I said, I've been trying to approach things like <laughs> When someone is intentionally being nasty to me. Yep. Oh my God, it's very difficult for me, dude. It's very difficult. I have a really hard time with- Faking. Yeah. Um, You'd be good on reality TV then. 
Don't no. do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Someone's gonna hate me, and then I can't like get yeah. all the bad comments. Yeah, that's what happened to me. They're this, gonna call me ugly. And I I'll finally cry. got you know. I finally got angry. That's what happens. Took three seasons, and it takes so much for me to hit a breaking point with someone. But you do. And I hit it my third season, and I knew what these people were trying to come for me for, and I knew they were trying to make me look bad, and I like took the bait and it's, was just like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Like you can't help it, but that's what happens to nice people. Dude, this happened to me yesterday. I was in the Thank Atlanta you. airport <laughs> after a five hour delay. Mm. I realized how this sounds, you guys, and I apologize for it. So I was in the Sky Club, went down because I thought I had my flight. That means you're good and strategic with your, your cards, right? Bitch, okay. That takes skill. Yes. So I go downstairs, I get Bojangles. <laughs> then the flight- Because we're high low brow. <laughs> <laughs> after the Sky Club, because I went to get my free uh, tequila, whatever. So I get the Bojangles, and then I realize the flight's delayed. So I take the Bojangles, I go back up. This girl screamed when I walked in. She was like, you cannot bring outside food. And I looked at her and I said, did you think I wasn't going to hear you when I was coming to scan my like boarding pass? Yeah. And she didn't say anything. And I was like, did you real?" But I love telling people when they're wrong. I was like, did you realize that was unnecessary? Or you didn't realize that was unnecessary because it was embarrassing. You say it in that calm voice? Yeah. That's scary. It, right? That's some scary shit. I was shit. like, that's embarrassing. And then she told me, you can be embarrassed. I'm doing my job. I said, no, now I'm going to embarrass you. Because <laughs> you know you was acting out of control. <laughs> then the hand comes Bitch. out. So then, oh, it gets even better. I'm sitting there, right? After I go downstairs. But all you had thing. to do was put it in a bag and like they wouldn't have given a fuck right like but they're she being to be sticklers yeah, so yeah i went downstairs to go eat it come back up there was another flight that was delayed and now this van comes up three men in suits with bojangles do you know she walked around the counter to tell them that they couldn't bring it in here's what pissed me off i went to her and i was like are you serious i was like so it was okay for them she was like oh well apparently my job how i do my job is wrong so now i can't go over and be quiet i was like bitch no you did it to me you did it to me i love how you have this full vendetta with this girl for like during the five hours that you're there you her have name is tiana <laughs> she got called out because you think i'm not about to write a complaint? you should be about to dox that girl and i never write complaints against black people because i'm like you know what we, we went through enough but bitch <laughs> i love you public enemy number one tiana Dude, i'm not even kidding <laughs> hannah don't let white people do something wrong i'd be like get the fuck let me go on yelp right now i don't have a facebook page but i'm gonna make one and write on this business but when black people do something wrong it's just like a restaurant you giving them like all right no you know, they, you, know you can't do that you can't do that <laughs> <laughs> but there is something fucked up about when a dude in a suit is getting treated differently that makes my um, yeah that makes me upset now I have wrath. When was the last time you were a sloth? So like a lazy piece of shit. Because you have multiple podcasts. You have a TV show. You are promoting your shit all the time. You are socializing. You are having threesomes. <laughs> when do you sleep and do nothing? Dude, everybody asked me that. Um, I uh, I am really bad in the morning. So luckily. Oh, we got Sam. Oh, it's bad. And I mind you, I don't know how I had a nine to five. But uh, so I actually have a new job, which can't. I'll tell you later. But um, yeah can't be announced yet because this person hasn't announced their deal uh-huh. but that's why i've been in la so much yeah and i've been helping to run it and now that i work on pst <gasps> oh bitch i'm not getting up till 11 45 good for you because i'm a groggy bitch till 4 p.m Oof, it was bad i was on a call they called me at three and they're you know it's still like afternoon mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. and i was just getting up. <laughs> just getting up 
and in the morning it's really bad i don't know but i i think that the creative like when you're creative i hate that word i'm a creative I, that's why i explain my room's a mess and go i'm a creative do you really i'm a creative i can't have my brain so organized i need to be free <laughs> when it's really just free, cluttered free, as fuck free pussy 407 <laughs> but the creative shit you do have to be up at night yep like if I got to write like a script or work on something, it has to be at 1 a.m. Yeah, you don't wake up at 6 a.m. feeling fully creative. You have to like be in your feelings at 2 a.m. questioning the purpose of life. And that's when shit comes to you. Yes. Yes. You know, I thought that I, I, I don't know. I just <laughs> felt like when I was in L.A., like they always have it together. They're like so Hollywood. So I'm working with this white girl. I'm not even kidding. Because this is as someone who's white, this is not white girl shit. Mm-hmm. She goes, you, why don't you just take Adderall? And I was like, sometimes I do, but like, then I can't eat and it lasts too long. She's like, dude, you have to snort it. Because <laughs> I joke that white girls are snorting chlorophyll right now. Like whatever, <laughs> collagen, they're just like, snort that shit. Wait, that is so funny. And we're at the Soho house when she says this, okay? And then when she says, you just have to She snort. goes, there's a stall we all go to. I was like, so then my response is like, shouldn't we just do cocaine or something <laughs> like why snort the adderall she's like no it just like hits you harder you can do your job it won't like last as long you know what i mean so and then you're also you're like laser yep yep just matter of fact do you remember that cat williams joke when he talked about <laughs> how, how they were literally it was one of my favorite oh, yeah, i can see you i can see you <laughs> yeah we just need you to do and he's like they do it I in your face you. that that was my la experience but then it's also funny because they're so healthy well you're like oh like i'm not gonna get hungry and they're all like yeah, that's the point <laughs> no. like, that's the point i hate going to a business dinner where people are on drugs i'd be like yo oh, I'm, I hate it. I'm gonna eat the breed and then yeah i finish my friend's food too i love it like i'll eat mine i eat theirs not it's always fancy food drugs, they're ordering but i'm gonna eat first yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i've never done adderall because i'm scared i get really spacey yeah yeah and i have bad add which it makes it worse yeah I'm, well i just stick i took adderall I would no. I, in college, I had friends who would take Adderall, but they would be like playing video games, and if it hit while they're playing video games, they'll never get to the library and they'll play video games for twelve hours. Or like, I'll take Adderall in college, and I'll start talking to my friend, and the next thing you know, I need to know all about her life story. Oh, now you're invested, in and something, I'm invested. In, not what you need. Exactly. So you're like hyper focused on this person That's you don't actually worst. care about, and then it's like three hours later, and I I'm cleaned like, a vibrator that I haven't used in years because mm-hmm. I don't use vibrators really. Mm-hmm just because the Adderall like I was cleaning and I saw the vibrator and I was like this gotta be clean <laughs> I, it was bad dude it was like 30 minutes I boiled it I was like what the fuck you boiled it it was so bad okay this is the toughest one when was the last time you let your pride or your ego get in the way of something mm. um, I think that I do it all the time with <laughs> horrible decisions mm. sometimes like um, like I said you know when my co-host and I are going through something yeah if I'm angry with something, um, it's very hard for me to do my job. Mm. And maybe I had let her, like been angry at her, so I'll have an attitude towards her, which is a terrible listener experience. There's hundreds of thousands of people listening to this. They didn't come here for this shit, but if I'm bitchy, you know what I mean, because of my ego, like I'm not gonna be nice to you, fuck you. It's like I'm losing the point. And I think the thing that has to ground me all the time is like, okay, the show is bigger than us. And her and I say that all the time when we argue. And by the way, I don't know any like podcast duo that doesn't argue. Mm-hmm. Like your faves, they're fucking arguing. Mm-hmm. So for you, <laughs> the true, the successful ones are arguing. That, bro, when there's <laughs> five years of podcasting with someone. That's next level. When you have money to spend touring. We've been on so many tours, bro. 
touring, speaking engagements, doing mm-hmm. TV appearances. Like, you gonna fight. I like that you're honest about it because I've spoken to some other people and they're like, yeah, like we're just really special. I found this like business soulmate where I know Paige and I have like two modes. We have like Paige and Hannah friendship and then I'll be like, we'll be talking shit and then I'll be like, hey, business text to let her know like this isn't personal. I like that. This is so like we'll be, we have our business avatars where it's like, don't take this personally, but like That's you need to talk to your agent about this like ASAP. And this isn't Hannah. This is like business Hannah. And we, we almost have this like separation that is nice emailing helps too oh that is what my co-host and i do now we'll a little more casually like hey did you post blah blah, blah if that's a text but like oh when it's to a show real, like this is separate yeah um that is very helpful and actually now um one of my best friends i opened the studio with mm-hmm. and we got in our first fight yeah and i was like i don't want you and i to be like with me <laughs> and you know we have to really learn how to speak to each other and he knows i'm really emotional our birthdays are one day apart yep we're both super emo yeah. and like it's hard you have to you're you can't not fight you have to become good at fighting yes and you have to be like super Purpose. honest a purposeful argument yeah my hardest thing is i can hold feelings in oh no so like i'll be i'll be good like i'll be the chill girl until i'm not Dude, and then I'm never talking to you again. This is is how my shit spills over. I'm just like, let me tell you. That is how my shit works. I don't give a fuck if you're how if if like you're at a funeral. I'm like, I need to say something. But that is healthy to an extent, and to an extent. (laughs) (laughs) There's probably an in between we could find. I wish I had it. Um, Okay, this is my favorite one. When was the last time you lusted over someone? Like, do you have a celebrity crush or like someone that you're obsessed with? Mm. could even be the guy at the bodega when i was in la sophie and i went to poppy fucking drake comes in shut up and this is my third time seeing him this month at a party so you're dating i <laughs> felt like, i was like oh he knows me he's now. obsessed with me now i don't want to fuck drake because like he's not my type but also at the same time he's so famous that like, oh so you wouldn't fuck drake I, I mean, said all like, the time like oh he's not my type but like in the moment you'd be like for the story I'd fuck Drake this is Drake girl like and we're the like two black Jews mm-hmm. we got to oh I forgot who's a black for Jew. the community yeah for our babies to yes a blue anyway, so we're in, so she was so funny she's like so we're not going over there I was like bro no because like another rapper invited me to the club so yeah. I can't be like this when they talk and be a groupie <laughs> and I've been in very intimate spaces with him it's like maybe parties of twenty so. I like locked eyes with him and I was like, he didn't recognize me at all. And my ego was so bruised. And that made me want to be more. Do you know how sick that is? I don't even be, I've never really been like, Drake's so hot. Da, 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 yeah, yeah. Ever. But after that, I was like, now I gotta fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so dumb. Wait, I love these like LA scene parties you're going to. Dude. Oh, because I told you about one earlier. Yeah. So. Is that what people do in LA? Like just certain famous groups like have like intimate house parties to act like normal people? I've been working for someone that's so black Hollywood that he doesn't even realize when he's inviting me to parties that they're too big. I walked into a party, true story. Yeah. The first one he invited me to, he was like, oh, like you gotta meet this writer or whatever. And I get in there and the first person I see is LeBron James who introduces himself to me as LJ. And I'm like- That's what he goes by? I, I think he's just saying that because he don't want to say LeBron. Yeah. Like maybe if you meet Beyonce, she might be like, my name is B. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, but I don't even know if he goes by that. Then there was Michael B. Jordan. <gasps> Not <laughs> So this is like the A++ plus plus list. I had list. no idea I was going to this party and I knew it was a tequila party and I knew that there was a writer. Did there. you like your outfit? No, bitch. <laughs> but here's what made it worse. 
Oh, one guy knew me there. Thank God. Thank, Thank God. God. Thank God. He's like, oh, are you Wheezy? I was like, damn, fuck, come on. Give yeah. me something. Yeah. So then my ghetto ass, I'm in there. I see Quavo. I'm like, oh, because <laughs> I just love some rat shit. Then, <laughs> I love Quavo. <laughs> right? While a Drake song, this is the first time I saw Drake. While a Drake song comes on, I'm getting a cocktail and Drake walks in. While his song is coming on? Yeah. Like a full music video. It's crazy. Drake is in so many songs. I'm like, did he, does he dance to his own shit? Like, what do you do at this point? Yeah. And there's only maybe only like, I would say maybe 30 people at this party. And I was like, bro, I cannot handle all these people. So then I'm telling this guy after I get drunk, I just see a guy next to me. I was like, yo, it's just too many famous niggas in here. I don't know what to do. And he starts mm -hmm. laughing. He was like, right? I was like, yeah, what do you do? He was like, I'm a singer. His name is Giveon. I've been playing his fucking music for at least two years. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've, I've heard of him. So I feel like I was so <laughs> embarrassed. So then he starts laughing because I, or, I, yo, it was, it was just bad. Then you feel insecure because you're like, wait, now I'm nervous about you. You're not even safe. I was like, shit. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. And I hate I, when you're so self-aware of how you're acting. And then you're like, how do I act? And how do I normally act? I forgot who I am. Dude, I just felt like I had to lean in the fact that like I shouldn't have been there. Yeah. So <laughs> it was really Wheezy's true Hollywood story. <laughs> Mind you, the next day, LeBron is almost suspended from a game because yeah. of the party that I was at. And I was like, damn, I ain't even in the background of none of these pictures. I can't even say nothing. <laughs> Nobody, my, when I told my friends, I was at a party with LeBron, Michael B. Jordan, and fucking Drake and all these people. They were like, bitch, <laughs> all of them. Yes. And then when the picture came out, I was like, that was it. <laughs> I swear I was there. Dude, I almost posted it. And I was like, no, I was saying it was fun. But I was like, uh, I wanted to tweet about it. And then I couldn't. Then last night I went to Diddy's party, right? Uh, he had a party, uh, Midtown. And like, it, I didn't, I don't know what the fuck it was for. Mm -hmm. Bitch, French Montana was there, Meek Mill, whatever. Mark Anthony was there. <laughs> I was like, yo, shouldn't but j-lo but diddy like i just went to puerto rico and mark anthony is their sinatra it's playing <laughs> everywhere did you go to the rainforest i did i did shrooms there oh yonke yeah that shit's fire that shit was so lit yeah um, i love puerto rico randomly a summer house fan was there a giggly squad fan was there and i was like oh my god <laughs> like you know you're going there for like i got recognized in puerto <laughs> rico crazy. and my ex was like See, I told you this shit was getting ghetto. I'm like, just <laughs> black people know me. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Puerto Rico was so fun. Anyway, we're all on the plane. Yeah, but, um, but no, like when, I, when going into parties like that, one thing I have really learned is like celebrities are so comfortable on each other. Like people were taking selfies with Drake and I was like, but y'all famous too. So I was confused. Yeah. But that's a real thing. And these parties, like y you're, you almost feel like, I don't know. There's a there's a reason I'm here, but like, should I be here? These are all normal people. Like, I don't know. It's it's almost weird to get lusty. But the one thing I have told myself, because I know I've been going back and forth till I was telling you about some of the stuff from the other night. Um, I was like, I can't fuck anyone in this because right now, when people ask me what I do, I tell them I work in podcasting and mm -hmm. shit. I own a podcast studio and I work in production now. So it's like, oh, I really can't fuck one of y'all because. I might have to work with you. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that everyone respects me in what I'm doing, mm -hmm. which is why I can't throw my pussy. You know how hard it is not to fuck somebody that's a fucking millionaire bitch? There was another guy at that party that wanted it. And I was like, damn. Fuck! Like, it was giving I would have had to sign an NDA. But I was like... <laughs> I can't even fucking do this because like I gotta be respectful. So you know what I mean? Like now it's just I gotta fuck some Amazon Prime dude. <laughs> yeah. 
you're like it's hard when you know the pussy's so good that she could throw it anywhere but you have to control with great pussy comes great responsibility it does <laughs> but i want to be like a you know a business woman i too. yeah but i also think like you don't have to choose but then it's funny because back in the day or who knows the pussy got you in the industry and now it's like you know what i mean yeah so i'm confused what we're supposed to do with the pussy technically i think our looks get us some places yeah and then you like being talking i know there's like a funnier girl out there who like maybe isn't as conventionally cute as me but like here i am <laughs> like this is a funny ass bitch that should probably be in this seat but you know what <laughs> i bought tits <laughs> but i do think it's important not to have that imposter syndrome when you're at those parties because it's like you didn't trick anyone to get there yeah. You didn't break into that party and like go through like the back. Mm. Like you got invited there. But it's also shows you like the meta of situation of reality. Like fame is such like a social construct. And then like when they're all together in same fame levels, they could like calm down kind of. Yeah. Or they don't feel weird. Well, and they were talking about normal shit. Like I went to this dinner party with the woman who I was saying earlier, mm -hmm. who is huge. One of the biggest celebrities I'd say in the world. Mm -hmm. And when she started talking about her car and how it was getting on her nerves, sound. <laughs> I was like, bitch, why? You're like, you, you worry drive? about that stuff? <laughs> you drive still? You don't have a driver? Like, I was so confused when she said that. Like, she, I just, I wanted to, like, you know, when you're trying to act like you're not looking at someone? Yeah. I was sitting next to her <laughs> and looking at someone else while they were talking. And she's behind me saying, like, I don't know what to do with it. Like, I took it there twice. <laughs> I mean, I don't just, I mean, I've got another one, but it's my favorite car. And I was like, bro. She's like, I could switch the Lambo or the other seven in my oh, garage. Shit. Yeah. It was really interesting. Well, the, the point of burning in hell is to get these like people who are celebrities or have things people don't have and be like, we're still suffering from whatever. One thing I learned, newer content creators and like new people that aren't that celebrity that are at these spaces are the worst. I ran into, no, I ran into Z-Way who has a huge show on Showtime right now. We love Z-Way. Everybody at the party was on her dick. And like, they were so excited for her and they didn't know her at that dinner party mm -hmm. and that was really cool for me to see because they were all giving her her flowers mm -hmm. and like she's new at this but they were excited for her and even i was and like and i didn't you know you don't want to say something to someone but like i just feel You're like, like I getting more nervous around z-way than drake yeah but what's funny about z-way is i met her at this like stupid party where like some people with followers were invited to and she didn't she has I don't know, like 5,000 followers and she was the nicest person at the party to me and we just started talking shit and she randomly asked me to do a show in Brooklyn. This is like two and a half years ago. And she's a comedian? She's a comedian. She's a comedian. And she's doing like, just like kind of a very alt stand-up-y type show. Like very performative, very Brooklyn-y. Mm. And the crowd was like not that big, but they were loving it. And I remember thinking like, oh wow, she's so smart and so clever and so unique. But like, there's only like 40 people here. Damn. And I was like, I was like, shoot, whatever. Blow the fuck up. I know. I feel like I've heard her name nonstop the last few weeks. And it's because she's, me she's being authentic to herself. No. And she had me on the lives early, baited with Z-Way to like race bait me. And it was like early on. And then fast, like she's just someone who's authentically was herself. But it's funny. They do like the come up and they like to be able to see like the new shit before you get affected and, and sick and of the fame. Almost. I think that people that are like that up, they know what's good. And when they're watching her and they see it, they're like, oh, you should be here. You're going to be bigger than this. Like people love to watch that new girl. We all do. Yeah. And it was just really cool to see everybody at this party trip over her when, and no shade to her, like she wasn't the quote yeah. unquote big, biggest celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> I also think I, I joked like, oh, the newbies, but like there's a lot of 
content creators, not like Z-Way. I'm saying just like that people who pop off on TikTok or something. Who the fuck is Addison Ray, dog? Like, I'm so confused. Look, Z-Way's someone that like you watch and you get inspired. I will watch Addison Ray and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I just found out who she was like a week or two ago. I was like, and then the other white girl with the brown hair. What's her name? Yeah. Um, what's her name? Say it. Is it with a D? Carl or no? D- Charlie D'Amelio. Bro, she ain't even that cute. She's good at dancing, but it's it's again. She's good at dancing. She's good at dancing, hun. <laughs> this is what I saw. Mm. Like no, specifically TikTok dancing. But like, most story. I'm scared of LA, dude. We you gotta come <laughs> to a party with me, cause like. I, when I took Sophia to this shit, I was like, girl, we are going to some black shit tonight. She was like, I'm ready. But like when we read this party, yo, it was so funny. I had her with these gangbangers at this party. <laughs> I really hope she tells this shit on her podcast, but I had to tell her like it was hood as fuck. And the rapper we were with is like known for like shooting people and shit. <laughs> and she's there <laughs> with his fucking security guard. And he was on her ass. And mind you, people are coming up to Sophia. Like, yeah. Like everybody, like, you know, that show is so big. Yeah. So whether it's got a large black following or not, like people still came up to her. And he was like, hey, yo, what's going on? Why are they over here? He didn't let us go to the bathroom alone. She felt so safe. She was like, oh, yeah, you're so sweet. <laughs> yo, he was, it was fucking hilarious. And just thinking about it, like when you cross those worlds over like it's so different i was about to say like that is the remix that like we didn't know we needed oh uh, me neither <laughs> i told her like next time we come out here you need to invite me because now it's a plan we I'm yeah. like, we have to go back together we yeah. had so much fun i'm like i need to go to the white shit because i love house music mm-hmm. right like dude i used to go to raves so much back in the day like love it do you remember dubstep yes <laughs> Girl, i just went to one in orlando for a weekend and it was like what the f- anyway I was like, you need to take me to the YouTuber shit, bro. Because I want to see what that world is like. I want to see what they talk about. I want to see the lips. I want to see the Kylie faces. Like, I just want to know. Have you ever wanted to do plastic surgery on yourself? I got my boobs done. Other than that, no. I thought about veneers because of my overbite. And I was like really nervous when I went on, like did my TV show. So yeah. my teeth are going to look so bad on TV. But I was like, all right, fuck it. Maybe it'll just humble me. Yeah. <laughs> make maybe, you relatable. Maybe I'll go further in life. Michael Strahan got that big ass gap. You know what I mean? Like, Do you remember when Michael Strahan did the April Fool's that he yes, got a fix? I lost my damn mind. I was like, this is fucked up society. Like I went all these brands. And did then he I, really? Because he did it like smart. He like, he like um, breadcrumbed it. Like it was before April Fool's where he started like talking about oh, it. I didn't know that. He was like real smart about it. And I was like, how could he, the, he let society tell him what beauty standards are? And then I was like, I'm a dumb bitch. I'm going to shut up. No, I hated it too. I was in the fucking I hated it. I was like, you were beautiful the way you were. I love his big ass. Ass guy, when you just stick your He's finger sexy, in it. yeah. But he is, and I'm like a little older daddy. But um, I don't know. Too. It's weird. Like I think that in at first, like it made me want to change myself a lot. Instagram, and then I was like, okay, well, fuck it. Now I feel different at these parties. Yes, <gasps> I love that for you. Because also going on TV, you see yourself way more than you normally do, and you see these. You're going to be seen by so many eyes. But then it's also like, don't you want to be what girls see? Yeah, no, don't you want them to be like, oh, she has teeth like me, or like her? I've never <laughs> seen teeth like hers fit her face the way it does, and it's. I feel like there's some anyone how it's naturally, God made you or whatever. Yeah, is what like you can't look that fucked up. There was a guy <laughs> who said something, and it's funny because my own insecurity really got me. Um, at one of these parties I went to, he was like, uh, "What's up with you? What do you do?" And I was like, "What do you mean? What do I do?" And he was like, "I know, I, I know you do something." He was like, I know you're doing a little something with your life. I was like, why are you saying that? Because uh, I'm not as hot as the other <laughs> girls here. 
And he was like, no, because you're not wearing as much makeup as them. You look chill. He was like, it looks like you can stand on your own two Like you have confidence in something besides your looks. Meanwhile, I was like, why? Because I'm not pretty. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny because on on my show Summer House, people were like, Hannah, you are the most relatable one. I go, you call me the ugly one? (laughs) (laughs) You said I'm not that hot. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Anyway, to wrap this up, I have a final question for you that I ask everyone. Okay. When you're going through your hell, when you're going through your dark time, what advice would you give people to cope with your hell? Mm, I would say erase whatever's not making you feel good. Let's say you're in an argument with your boyfriend. He's got to erase him (laughs) (laughs) for the moment. Well, sometimes we overindulge in things that don't make us happy. Mm. Like when I'm arguing with my boyfriend, I need to talk to him more, fix it. And I'm scared to give it space, which is silly. Um, when I'm freaking out about like money or finances, like I just stop for a moment, right? Like, I'm like, how am I going to get all this done? Sometimes you need to take breaks. You need to breathe. And I think another time, another thing I do to cope with my hell is, um, I ask for help, Mm. which is not easy, but I tell people when I'm down bad, especially when you're the boss, that was hard. When we were building the studio, I was having a really bad day. And I just like was crying in here. There was someone drilling. I was like, I just need a moment. And you know what? Like, if you could just give me a fucking second. But granted, I don't know if it's good to be that vulnerable in front of someone that you need to be a leader with. But I really do try to lay it out there because I think when you ask for help, people can be more kind to you. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to tell somebody when you're going through something yep. so that they're not. And they know you're human. You're not this ice queen. Yeah. Even though we shouldn't be because like we can't. Like, we're influencers. <laughs> we're perfect. I am. <clears throat> he doesn't fart. <laughs> I've never farted or sharted or even thought of pooping. Um, Wheezy, where can people watch you, listen to you, follow you? Give me the goods. Okay. Sex sells every Monday at 11 p.m. Eastern. If you don't have views, get it. I think you pay like a dollar ninety nine. Worth it. Prime for Worth it. It's so fun. You'll love it. Horrible decisions is also every Monday. My co-host and I interview people about their kinks, and if we don't have a guest that week, we just oh man, we get so sloppy and fun. People love the solo episodes. Which oh is yeah, weird. yeah. Um, I'm sure you know that. Like, they yeah. love you not have a guest. And when you don't have a topic, sorry guys, <laughs> they love that. Shit. Just go off. People in the comments, I love when you spiral. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you should watch me at home. Uh, for facts' sake, is every Tuesday where my co-host Eddie Delisepi and I we talk about um, random facts and we just Google them. It's fun and chill. And what else? Come by the studio if you're a podcaster or a content creator. Um, we can make your videos. We're super affordable. It's in Soho because I had to, babe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that. Well, thank you for coming to hell, and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>